0: Broadcasting from Dublin, Ireland, you're listening to Ireland's premier mixed martial arts show.
1: Hi, this is Yarn, what's up, McCall. James, Little Evil, Pulver. The Crippler,
2: Chris Sleven. Is your eye favorite? Johnny Harris, Frank the Legend, Shamrock.
0: We are back, Talking Brawls podcast. The, the birds Oregon. are singing now uh, in Dublin are... here. It's beautiful. The weather is absolutely fantastic. Ed. I'm actually sweating buckets here in Dublin, but not as much so as my partner in crime and colleague all the way over there in the north side of Dublin, fresh back from Hamburg. I am Niall McGrath, and alongside me is always Peter Carroll. What a job he did last weekend at UFC Hamburg. Peter, how are you, brother? Back from Hamburg. Good city, isn't it? Oh man, unbelievable. had one of the best
3: nights of my life over there for after the Dublin match. Crazy. All the Lions clan were over there, so we
0: had a pretty mental night um, on that Reaper band. What a fucking yeah, mad place. Yeah, that is a mad spot, isn't it? I've been to Hamburg a few times. It's a, it's a mad city. Really nice city. It's pretty beautiful. Uh, I love it. Um, went in the jar there a few times. But yeah, good good crack for the Dublin match. Is there a lot of Irish community there?
3: um no there wasn't but i mean there was enough there was, about, there was about 20 people in watching the match and all i wanted was like i got home that night and i was like well i'm just gonna i'll be sitting in my room watching this you know, just to do something basically because it was so little going on in the card but um Daryl lynch invited me out i had a great time with his whole family it was do you know what i mean because i always find like you go to these places and sometimes the whole city passes your you it's just in a hotel yeah, room walking. so it was great to to get out and and get a good feel for the city all uh, right the only place i've ever really done that are like in Vegas and places like that, you know what I mean? So it was really cool.
0: Definitely. Loads and loads (laughs) to talk about on the show this week. Lots of breaking news overnight. Darren Till um, and Tyron Woodley has been confirmed for UFC 228 um, in Tinkets, Texas on September 8th. So we'll be chatting a little bit about that later on. Also, PT's going to give us a recap of uh, UFC Hamburg. Obviously, he was on the ground there last week. Um, big win for Anthony Lionheart-Smith over Maurizio Shogun, who uh, also going to be talking um, about lots of sort of breaking news overnight. Uh, Richard Kiley is signed for Bellator and Tom Watson has signed for Bama. So we're going to be speaking about that. Big, big news. Richard has obviously announced his retirement a number of months ago, but is getting back in there. Obviously, he can't turn down um, a contract from Bellator MMA. So we're going to be speaking about that a little bit later on in the show. Also going to be looking forward um, this weekend to UFC Calgary. Massive, massive fight card. Really stacked fight card. And uh, obviously the main event um, fighter in that card is going to be joining the show this morning as well. Eddie Alvarez. He goes up against Dustin Poirier in an incredible rematch. Massively excited for this fight this weekend. Uh, And also Joseph Duffy is going to be stopping by. With a recap. hi Neil. Uh, <laughs> uh, Duffy's obviously been out in the sidelines for quite some time, so uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to hear what Joe's to say later on. Lots of uh, what he's been up to, what he's doing, turnaround date, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, interesting stuff from Joe a little bit later on in the show. Also, going to be touching on uh, the Dana White Contender Series last night. Nick Newell was in action, unfortunately lost in uh, what was a bit of a bloodbath, um, I think it's pretty fair to say. Okay, if you want to get in contact with you, catch us on Twitter, I'm, not, I'm Graf4, a Carol, uh, at Namag4, he's at PT Carl, at talking brawls do subscribe to the show on iTunes, share, like, all that good stuff. And uh, on the phone nice plus three five three eight three eight eight five eight zero eight six. Sorry if I'm coming across a little bit muddled this morning. My brain is still sort of waking up. Um, I actually woke up late late for a PT for a change. Normally it's the other way around.
3: Well, I'm just usually kind of... awake, I just mess it up, isn't it? My timing is <laughs> awful.
0: To be fair. So I'm like, Oh, la, la. just just trying to adjust to my, I just I fell I woke up and I fell back asleep and when I do that I just it's like a wet brain or something. Like I've been on the booze, which I haven't at all. Um, not enough lately, actually. Concerningly, not enough. All right, Pizzi. Yeah. Hamburg. How was Hamburg? How was the Germans? Obviously, I want to mention to you first of all. Um, I think good place to start. Very disappointing performance again from from Archie Casey. Um, myself and Sean talked about it there last week. It was uh, not last week on Sunday. Uh, it was on the on the show with him, and it was sort of. Very technical performance, um, but yet he's lacking that sort of flamboyancy we used to see from Archie Casey. He looks like it's forced almost. A really good performance from uh, Nazrat Hackerpa. Hark- Hark- Hark <laughs> what is it? Jesus Hackparas. Hackparas, sorry. And um, you know <laughs>. he reminded me of Kevin Gaston. I think a lot of people were saying that. You know, a bit of a beast, a bit of a bull. Looks like him a bit too. But he was powerful, though, man. Every time he—he—he's he, a big bull, like he's—he's a, he's a big bull of a young lad. It's the smallest lightweight I've seen in a long time. But uh, <laughs> what did, what did you think of the, uh, the the fight there?
3: Yeah, no, it was very good. Um, I was in the back doing video, so I'm not going to be able to do a, a concise breakdown. Like, it's, uh probably get off the Sheehanator himself, but um, you know, it looked like um, it looked like Hack learned a lot from the Dracar Closer fight with Mark because he chopped out his leg fairly early. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I was surprised by it. I really thought Diacy uh, was far uh, more experienced. Uh, I looked at Hackparas' record. He, had, he, ha- he hasn't got the wins in his record that say Diacy has. But um, I, I, I still think um, I still think Max is having trouble putting it together. I think he has fantastic individual skill sets just making them work all together at the same time it seems to be his issue um
0: he seems to totally abandon the wrestling which i found strange because you know mark was so good earlier on in his career with that's wrestling how I and grappling. He'd
3: fight that fight i'd imagine yeah. he'd take him down because uh, hack brass is just known for his his heavy hands you know so i, I assume that's what he do didn't do it but um that's three on the bounce but like i don't i like the dracar close uh, fight made sense to me but that dan hooker one in the middle really crazy. doesn't it makes no yeah. sense and hack brass makes sense but, um, unfortunately, that's just the way the, the cookie crumbles sometimes. I, I don't think uh, he's necessarily definitely getting cut. But um, he's even if he gets another fight in there, it puts him in a very precarious situation. And, and he's done a lot to um, make this his life. He's, he's living over in Florida now. He's trying to make that full-time move. So, you know, I'd say it's a very difficult loss for him. And, and, and I really haven't seen him around the, the, the hotel. He was in great spirits. Um, he felt like his weight cut was better than ever. Felt like he was stronger than ever. Had done some new things uh, in the lead up to this fight, as far as uh, strength and conditioning and, and his boxing. Yeah, so I'm sure right. he's not happy with the result. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens next. But Hack was absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, he, he showed a lot more than he's known for in there. And really great win. And it was very nice to see for Ahabi standing beside him, endorsing him in the scrum after the fight. Very good stuff. But, I mean, there is some good takeaways. The card itself was um, forgettable um, for the most part. There wasn't that big big draws and even the local draws to a certain extent uh didn't really go over like even abu azatar who who was a big deal over there he seemed to be getting booed by half the crowd and cheered by half the crowd which is probably a good (laughs) thing uh polarizing person but obviously the big takeaway is anthony smith comes in really really like i mean it was decision after decision after decision then he came in and just dropped a show going after stepping on a short notice what a fantastic feat for him he's now in pole position in that light heavyweight mm-hmm. division, well, especially for a title eliminator belt, if it should come up, but um, Corey Anderson blew me away as well. Um, he looked yeah, sorry, so much improved, so much improved, and great stories after the fight about how he holds his hands up even when he's kind of sitting around the house with his with his misses just to <laughs> kind of get that mu- muscle memory. I thought that was very cool. Uh, Abu Azatar and Vitor Miranda. That was a very tough fight. Again, say the same for Tabura. Tabora's trio was forgettable. Danny Robertson Zawada had a fantastic fight um danny roberts um you know you could see how much that win meant to one. him after it was a real war and if you can remember previously the wars he's been in he usually doesn't come out on the good side of him so i think the, it really stood to him when he was in there with Zawada, who was making his short notice, notice debut as well um the Hadzovic pulled off a great win over nick Hines. some people debated that decision but um he did very well obviously he's campaigning for that denmark card now uh, Fabinski Meek, Fabinski comes back after three years and 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 defeats. Soundly defeats one of, you know, a guy with a huge following. he's yeah, been uh, talking uh, about a lot. Mech. So Mech in precarious situation now. Um, you know, and and he wasn't too impressed with the fact that he, the the card seemed to flow under the radar. He he wasn't even invited to the media day um a win would have been probably better to back up them kind of sentiments mm. but it didn't happen for him um nad naramani overcame a a big knee in the second round against cali to get his first ufc win in his ufc debut so that's another good thing for the uk uh, alexander Rackage is one of the standout fighters on the car for me he beats uh justin all he really battered him like yeah, it was it completely is. one-sided What was it,
0: 120 uh, strikes to two or something in the in uh, one of the
3: rounds and then pulled a great promo afterwards you know saying that <clears> uh, debt was screaming yeah. like a, a baby. And, <laughs> and he looks like he's got all the tools to be a real force, to be reckoned with at 205. Um, taking nothing away from the day, he's never been beaten before that. night. It was his first fight down at 205, I believe. I could be wrong. Maybe it's the second. But I think I'm That's really it. looking forward to see what happens with Wreckage. I know his manager thinks he's the new John Jones, which might be a bit, yeah,
0: uh, a bit premature, eh? Yeah, <laughs> might be a bit.
3: You know, he's the new greatest of all time. But, um, yeah, definitely interested to see him. Manny Bermudez looked absolutely brilliant against Davy Grant. I say it again, I said it before. Um this is a phenomenal
0: wrap-up, by the way. You keep going, it's awesome.
3: Yeah, Manny Bermudez to have to knock that guy down and submit him was fantastic. That's my favorite way to finish a fight, as far as I'm concerned. It shows you overwhelm them in two disciplines, even though it doesn't really work that way because if you knock someone down, they're probably not themselves. By the time you meet them on the ground, uh stossage another animal from the Balkan area, that area is just on fire at the moment, man. That i'm telling you all them balkan dudes are bad as fuck, and, and Draco sausage is another one of them jesus darko excuse me he does not like talking to the media he doesn't have a lot to say but he says plenty when he's in the octagon with his fists and his kicks and he just looks like a, a real force to be reckoned with obviously a prodigy of miracle crow Cups. interesting to see him and Liu pignon uh the first fight there probably a bit forgettable too but he does look heavy-handed and we'll look forward to seeing him again in the future. But obviously, Anthony Smith's a big takeaway from the night.
0: There we go. That was absolutely phenomenal stuff. Get that guy a TV show. Unbelievable wrap-up there for Mr. Carl. Just me doing 90-second rants into the TV. That was good. Very good. I'm impressed. Excellent. That was good work, Mr. Carl. Um, Yeah, no, I do agree with you. You know, Lionheart was the big story. But, you know, Gustafson's out now of his uh, sh- scheduled... Um, fight, that's going to be interesting, I thought they might have put in Lionheart now but I think it's, ju- just before we. I think we just end on that one there, PT um, how far can he go, you know, I look at Anthony Smith, and I go, a guy, maybe not the most technical guy in the world, but he can cause anyone problems with that kind of power in, in, in the octagon, in that light heavyweight division and we need guys like that in that division
3: Yeah, I don't know if he's not technical like, he, he has a lot of he has a lot of, a huge arsenal, like he uses his whole body, kicks, knees and, uh, elbows like, so he has technique, but maybe it's not as clean uh, as some people would like. But I think that's kind of part of what he's doing. He's just going in and bulldozing these guys. Yeah. Like, if you look at them rankings, there's a lot of old guys in there. And I can't imagine Anthony Smith's the one they're going, oh, Jesus, yeah, I'd love to fight him. Because on top of uh, having this crazy knockout power, I was blown away by the size of the guy. He's – he's I can't believe he made middleweight. Yeah. I can't believe it. Um, he's an absolute unit of a man. Really nice – a real gentleman with the media. Uh, plan to speak to him, really, before the fight. Really nice guy. So, yeah, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air. And um, can't argue with it. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Because, let's be honest, the division's all over the
0: gaff. Which we yeah. knew it would be as soon as Cormier fought uh, Steve Emiotic. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Um, <clears throat> bit of a mess altogether together division. And, um, you know, sad to see sort of Maurizio perform like that. And it. You know, tough to, tough to watch for such a legend. But, okay, let, let's move it on a little bit. I want to talk to you, obviously, big news overnight. I spoke with him at the weekend on Saturday. Darren Till is getting a title shot against Tyron Woodley at USC. I spoke to him
3: before that, though, yeah?
0: Yeah, did you? Oh, grand, cool. At uh, USC, 2-2-8. Two, two um, it, it's, it is it's interesting, you know, that what's happened, and I did speak about this with Sean as well, um, in relation to Colby Covington. you got to feel sorry for Colby. Obviously, um, I think he got sinus, sinus nasal surgery yesterday, uh, but still, like, a, a turnaround and to be forced to hand after such a war against RDA just over a month ago, and to want him back in there by September, it's it's pretty crazy from the UFC yet again, not giving him a little bit more time to say that It seems to be as if they're suiting Woody's requests on this one big time.
3: Yeah. Um. I don't know if they're suiting anyone's uh, request but their own. Like they need someone to to headline that UFC A card. No, no, but no other championship fight is available mm-hmm. than the welterweight title.
0: What, well, what, well, so. you know, well, why offer and um, what you know why put Colby Covington and Ordieres as as a interim strap if if they're going to do that if that's their timeline? It obviously, wasn't very well. No, everything's the last minute here, like yeah. like,
3: like the, the big problem with this fight for me is the fact that you don't get a proper build up to it. Yeah. Uh, if you get a proper build up for it, you get a lot more people traveling to uh, Dallas and stuff. If you can remember, like yes, a lot of people went to the the Poirier fight with uh, Connor, but if you can remember the Mendez fight, there was a good six month build up to that, nearly.
0: Yeah,
3: you know what I mean. After the after the Silver fight, it, be, it became the build up. Uh, I think that was March. It hit that. It, it touched down in Ireland, but we knew from about February, so. There was a good five-month build-up here. It's, a, it's very... It lacks a lot of time to get him over. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's... It's certainly... be Like, as soon as I talked to uh, Darren on Thursday, I was like, well, this is... Something's happening. Mm. Um, he was a lot more confident than I am, but um, I was, even. So, um, yeah, fair play he, to him.
0: He had a meeting on Saturday night, anyway, um, with, I think, the guys from MTK. So, <laughs> that was... Um, that was obviously something that was... They were trying to get it over the line. Interesting, but... I look at this fight, and I just maybe think it's a little bit too early for Darren. I would have liked to have seen, you know, in a, in a perfect world, maybe g- them give him a fight in the U.S. first before elevating him up Yeah, that up puts towards, him over, yeah. Yeah, that puts him over for, for a title shot. Um, you know, the weight-cutting thing people are going to talk about, I thought he looked very, very trim in person. Um, is that going to be an issue?
3: Yeah, of course it is, yeah. The weight-cut? Yeah, of course it is. Okay. If it's an issue in Liverpool, it's going to be an issue in Dallas. Like even if it isn't an issue, it's an issue, because he's everybody's going to ask about it. Yeah. Everybody's going to say it to him. It's going to be in his head. That—that's what I said. The biggest thing problem with the Wonderboy fight is, you know what I mean. Even if he wins this fight, everyone's going to be saying, "Well, did he? Re-, you know what
0: I mean? Did he really win it.
3: Because you're—you're going to—you're going to get people talking about this weight thing now all the time. It's going to mm-hmm. be on his head. I'm glad to hear you saying he's looking light. Um, it's uh, it's something that's been a problem. So of course it's going to be under the radar. Um, he looks and surprisingly
0: not- light. I was going, Jesus, Darren. You might eat your hat on this one, mate. If, uh, yeah, I know. Listen, don't him. get me wrong, but like he seemed to be in full game mode. You know, <laughs> like, back and training fully, and did genuinely look trimmer than I've seen him before. Definitely, definitely. So it's good. I'm, I'm happy from that front. But um, in terms of a fight, like you, you can't pick Darren going into this one.
3: It's, it's tough. Like, I didn't pick him for his last two fights, and I ended up with egg on my face. Um, but the one thing I'll say about this is there's very clear that, um, <clears throat> and something that wasn't prevalent against Wonderboy is, very clearly, Tyron Woodley has a plan A and plan B. Even even before you watch the fight, yeah, even definitely. before, when you match these two guys up, there's plan A and plan B. As in plan A in one skill set, plan B in a different skill set. I think Darren Till has lots of plans in his skill set, in his wheelhouse. But that that goes out the window as soon as you get put in your back. So it's a it's a very tough one. Um I don't think anyone has I don't think I don't think uh Tyron Woodley has, has fought a harder hitter than Darren Till. But I also don't think Darren Till's fought a guy as experienced, as established and as successful as Tyrone Woodley. So yeah, uh, I'd say that the, the clever one is on Tyron Woodley, but Jesus Christ, I'm not ruling
0: out Darren Till. A bad I, egg on my face. I can't wait for the shit talk. It's it's kicked up a little bit, and you know Darren's going to get into it. It's part of his game. Uh, Woodley's not too bad at himself recently, so I'm very much ones, excited are they, about
3: that. Are they? killing off like the fact that they could have put Tyron Woodley over as this. He could have been built as a star in that Colby Covington fight. There's no doubt about it. Definitely. Darren Till will end up looking like the good guy because he'll talk so much shit and people love him. You know what I mean? He, he'd come over very well during the fight week of this. I don't think this Tyron as the, as the good guy what the way Colby would have would have put him over at mass appeal in the US. Mm. I don't think Till's able to do that. I think this is, probably, this is way more beneficial to Darren Till than it is for Tyron Woodley.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, you know, maybe let's look a little bit forward and, and you look at Covington, what's gonna to happen to him. He's gonna, you know, chow him in with some shit in the next n- number of weeks and you know, blow the roof, I am sure, which is gonna be really interesting for a potential He's future very day silly down he the line. Again, I wouldn't
3: fight yeah, again, even si- if they take that stupid definitely. belt off him. Sit it out. Sit yeah.
0: it out. hundred percent agree with that one. It's 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 not worth his while, but the UFC may force his hand and say, you know, you know, you they've done it before with other guys. You know, you have to have another fight before you get into the title, even after losing his um, his interim strap. But I'm listen, man. I'm very much looking forward to this, but I do have to favor uh, Tyron Woodley going into this. But listen, it's speaking
3: be... speaking of um, too much too soon, Yal Romero versus Paulo Costa.
0: Yeah, another it's it, it's another surprising one. I was I was someone yeah, asked me that last right. night, and you know, it's just. I thought your Romero was going to two hundred five anyway after the yeah, last one. So just uh, just presumed and, it.
3: And Weidman v Rockhold is that to be announced at middleweight?
0: Crazy. Uh, yeah. Romero's team aren't even um, fully on board with it because he's 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 just coming off an injury or he's he's hurt or something. So it's it's of the UFC at man? It's just crazy. Stupid, stupid
3: matchup for Costa. Like it's the stupidest. Like I mean, this guy is a is you know a brawler t- to be honest. Um, He's not. He's not a uh, pinpoint striker. Um, he hasn't really. He hasn't really had to show his ground game because he's just bulldozed two guys. But like Johnny Hendricks in the condition he was in is very different to the Yal Romero yeah. when it, now, even though Yal Romero is a lot older. But it's. Uh, uh,
0: I think it's stupid for them to accept it because you know there's a good chance Yal's going to go in there, and miss weight. He's going to accept the fight and end up losing. I don't think he loses that fight. Yeah, I, yeah, you don't know if if he's let's be honest. Romero's a bloody good fighter. Costa's obviously an animal as well. I think Romero's the greatest, one of the
3: greatest middleweights to never win a title. Like, that's I, I, what Costa, I mean. No, that's what I Like, what has Costa, Costa done? Like, he's, he's beating guys who are done. Like I'm agreeing
0: Costa. with you. This, no, this is what I'm saying. But I'm saying it's it's silly for Costa to to maybe go down the lines of taking this fight.
3: Yeah, like like I, I, like people are laughing at when. Yeah, you look at this match and then like so many people were onto me after Stollbenders win over Tavares and they're saying like you know, I did, I did the interview with Eugene Berman where he's mm-hmm. like, you need to make Costa and Adesanya now and people are like, Oh, that's a ridiculous fight to make. Y'all Romero V. Costa is way more ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. Because 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 right, this guy's a striker and he's a massive power, <laughs> such a great prospect. He's not gonna he's not gonna look that like he's not gonna have that glow off him when you watch him possibly being held down for 15 minutes like and and John romero is completely capable of doing that and his other opponents haven't been like even johnny hendrix is a fantastic wrestler don't get me wrong but he's just he wasn't the same guy as i said like he, he's one the same guy that uh fought gsp when he fought mm. um paulo costa uh, it makes like yeah. uh, you know it, it it's it's we we probably shouldn't even get on our high horse about it because i mean i feel like every week we're talking about how stupid it is putting a prospect against this guy and that guy so
0: that's the crack yeah and the plus is you know I think Ariel. It's Megan Rupp-
3: Anderson. It's Megan Anderson v Holly Holm all over again.
0: Yeah, I think you know Yo's team aren't too happy with the fight announcement either. According to Ariel Helwani last night, premature in my opinion. But who um, first reported it, Brett? It was one of the ESPN guys. Yeah, I'm not too sure, but um, it's, it's it's it is. It's sort of it's one of those for Costas, sort of risk outweighs the reward, all that sort of crap. But I'm not sure we're going to see that fight happen. Like the sensible thing, with if y'all wouldn't we mit- care m- if it You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's- yeah. The sound of the, the wonderful matchmaking again in the UFC. Um Okay.
3: Let's talk about matchmaking for a second. Jude Samuel does the old move to Bellator, and next of all, we have Richard Coyley yeah. being announced. Uh, Richard Coyley, of course, who told uh, our homies at severeumai that the only way he'd return. Was if Terry Brazier would fight him? Who did Terry Brazier recently sign for? Now was that Bellator as well? Bellator mixed martial arts. Who did Aaron Chalmers recently start tweeting about being one of the fights of the year if they could make it? That was uh, that was again Richard Coyley and Terry Brazier, and mm. I felt that fight looked a bit strange in the lineup because I mean some of them were Till versus one, Till versus uh, Tyron <laughs> the other one was like Connor versus Khabib, and then Terry versus uh, Coyley in there. So alarm bells suddenly went off when I saw that. <laughs> Um I'd say that's the fight they make. Um and I don't know what that says about Richard's place here. Like are they trying to use Coyley to put Brazier over? Um but I guess if he goes in and wins the fight, he takes all the momentum, which but like I mean
0: It's an odd it's an it's an odd matchup, man.
3: Oh stop. But like I mean say what you want about Coyley. How do, how does he manage to do this? Like I mean, it's it's something that like yeah, I can understand. All the very like more experience for it is being jealous, and well not being jealous, but just getting annoyed about it. But show me another guy who can actually do that kind of stuff. Like how did he? How did he get signed to, to Bellator as a two and one guy who retired a couple of months ago? It's absolutely mental. Because
0: think- he's such a fucking annoyance on uh, social networks towards other fighters. It's crazy. He puts comments up on everything. Like he haunts them. He gets blocked from everyone. And I think. They look at it, and the way Bellator's sort of gone at the moment, Obama, that, you know, they like creating stories ahead of actually really good fights with a lot of substance behind them. And I think that's what they're doing again here, um, if we're honest. But listen, him and Terrence Brazier have been talking for years. Smack. Like, this isn't the first time these guys have gone off on each other. It's been a long, long time. Terrence, Terrence, Terrence this, Terrence that, Terrence everything. <laughs> it's fucking, it's funny stuff, but... You know, I'm not I'm not too sure whether it's the wisest decision from um the the, the Bellator brass and Jude Samuel is the new matchmaker at, at Bellator, is that correct, yeah?
3: Yeah, as far as I know, and, and a lot of people are doing this is gonna be some serious um serious posturing um from from uh, Bellator to Bama. They think this could be kind of, you know, one flexing one's muscle. Because yeah. I mean the thing about it is if you're going from Bellator, from Bama to Bellator, you know where all the contracts are at there. hundred percent. I mean, he's in a massive, like, that is a very valuable asset to have, no matter what promotion you have. And I'm glad, because we were just talking about, a few weeks ago, how Jude was, you know, well-known as one of the best best uh, matchmakers in Europe. And then he just, to, to hear him, leave, synonymous with that Bama brand. And now, obviously, with, with Bama moving into the UK and Ireland, uh, well, hopefully getting a live TV day as well. But, like, I'm hearing a lot of talk, a lot of talk. I think, like, it could be, it could be, like, 30 fighters here, like,
0: yeah, yeah was well as they you know first, first first things fucking first. Let's get a, a TV deal in place, and I don't know. As I said, like last week, I don't know what that big fuss and song was made about that dozen crap when you can't even watch it here in Ireland or fucking the UK. Like so, listen. Hopefully, it is going to happen. Um, you heard about the UFC as well. That that was an interesting one. This new eleven sports thing.
3: <clears throat> yeah, um, well, I, I don't. Like it. It's annoying. The, Jim was, uh, I was with Jim Jim Edwards when he confirmed that over there, and UFC certainly had a big reaction to it <laughs> in um, Hamburg. But, like, uh, the, like, the way I was chatting to him, like, uh, it seems like he has good sources there with people that are actually in them industries. Um, but, of course, UFC are telling me that there's still several, several parties interested. But you don't know, you know what I mean? You don't know if they're saying that because they don't want it to be announced uh. yet. But certainly I couldn't confirm it. But then again, I don't have sources in 11 sports. So, I mean, it's a new thing. But, like, I'm not willing to shit all over it just yet.
0: Yeah, but it's just it's just messy again. You know, there's no real home. You know, we look at what BT Sports did with it. They... But nothing's, happen- nothing's happened Nothing's yet. Yeah, nothing's happened. But, it, yeah.
3: Like, I think most of the stuff that's come off from the back of the report is speculation. Mm. I think, um, you know, people going, ah, what, what's going on? From my understanding of it is um, that... Like the rare event, like huge events, they would, uh, you know, you might have to pay like fifteen quid for or something. But like, not, we're not talking about, you know, fight nights or even even every numbered card. Like it's just the big ones. They assume that we'll have to, they might have to pay something on. But again, if I don't know, like I mean. Like even even Jim putting out that report could could kind of push other people into action. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the right, fact yeah. that they see an eleven like I mean it could it could actually it could be a favor to UFC in the long run because it could actually motivate people yeah, other to, people
0: to, go a to get in a bit. Yeah.
3: yeah, because they'll see it as an eleven-hour swoop kind of job. S-
0: Sky would be the ultimate destination, but listen, um, you, you'd you'd really worry about their general long-term interest in it as well. So, listen, that's it's all. Sh- Crap talk. We'll 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 uh, we'll talk about that later on when we get more substance behind any of these um, reports. Anyway, because it is a long, long way off. Anyway, I think it's what the ESPN deals up in December or something like that, or October, November, around the the rear of the year. Okay, let's get to it. First interview today. I caught up with Joseph Duffy um, to talk all things about uh, him getting back in the octagon, how the injuries going. Um, and a lot, lot more. Okay, so we'll be back, obviously, talk. Eddie Alvarez, UFC Calgary, uh, Dana White Container Series, and um, your questions. All right, cheers.
1: This is Eddie Alvarez, and you're listening to Talking Brawl.
0: He's back on the show. This is, it's been a while. I haven't spoken to this man uh, since Brooklyn on the show. He was on uh, the show. I think we did a Facebook Live over there in the Fighter Hotel in Brooklyn um, just <laughs> before um, the carnage that was UFC 2-2 three returning guest to the show he's on the sidelines at the moment sporting a, a lovely red t-shirt there it is mr joe duffy joe first of all my friends how are you good to have you back on as always
2: not so bad now not so bad yourself
0: good yeah yeah not too bad can't complain it's it's late enough here but uh, i'm just in the door from work but always uh enjoy talking to you mr duffy. joe first of all mate we have to ask you how is the shoulder how, how's the labrum
2: yeah it's it's skin there um it's been slower than than I would have liked. Uh, like obviously, I, I was lucky enough to spend some time in the in the UFC PI, and uh, and Heather was looking after me there. You know, and um, you know, she, she got me moving it pretty quick. You know, a lot quicker. And, and I think I think because I was making such good steps, I expected like things to keep moving at the same rate. Um, but obviously, it's one of them injuries that's, that's slow, and uh, you just gotta kind of wait till. Till the pain's gone completely till till you start easing your way back in so so it's getting there now i'm on the i'm on the the tail end of it i think you know at least so
0: it must be for you especially and, and knowing you uh like i do you're a guy who's you know you're constantly in the gym like, you love going to the gym whether it's you know working on your striking your grappling whatever it must be super frustrating being in that position where you're not able, you know, you're you're not able to to spar or throw heavy shots, especially with you know your job as well was was a big problem. Obviously with the delirium, has that been really sort of? Have you had a to find something else in order to train in over the months? Different aspects.
2: Yeah, it's it's very difficult, um, especially at the start when I was when I was sitting around waiting on the on the surgery because I couldn't. Like when I went back after the fight, I started training, and then I knew it was time I had to get it i had to get it done you know i've been putting it off long enough and uh and i knew i had to get it done So sitting around waiting and and obviously you know i came here to train so how, so how,
0: how much was it affecting your, your performances the, and your on your training in general in, um relation to putting it in the octagon and performing in the cage with with sort of an injury like that
2: yeah it's it's hard to say to me like I'm not somebody to make excuses or any of that like it's hard to say I was towards the end like I I found I wasn't throwing I wasn't fully extending on my jab at all like I found I was throwing more feints than I was actually jabbing like hooks I could throw a slap hook but no no power hooks um you know that's been going on a long time so so I don't know exactly how much I suppose until until I'm back and I'm throwing it properly I won't know exactly how much it was holding me back really
0: does it excite you that, like, maybe there's there's more to to come from from Joe Duffy, and maybe that you know we haven't seen the full repertoire of what you can do with with your skills, especially as you said with that left hook.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember when when I was younger, I used to throw a lot of a lot of left hooks. Um, when I was I was back visiting the family, I was watching some of the old fights and everything, and I was looking. I was like, ah, like uh, I didn't realize how much I threw that left hook, you know, but um. But definitely, uh, I've been doing a bit of pad work. I've been easing in. Um, I've been working with comrade, and uh, and he's got me throwing the hook, and and that's probably the best hook I, I've thrown in a long time. So, so it's it's you know it's definitely a positive a positive feeling. The jabs, jab's still a bit stiff. I feel like um the rotation on the jab is uh is stiff when it goes out, especially like a double jab or that type of thing. So it's a bit slow. Um, but. You know, it's positive. It's like I feel like the pain starting to subside now, and uh, and the range of motion is at a hundred percent. So you know, that's that's a major positives. So you know, maybe in the coming weeks now, I'll uh, I'll start by grappling and that type of thing as well.
0: I know you spent a lot of time down the UFC PI Joe, and um, especially you said working with Heather, the physio down there. How impressive is the setup down there? And obviously Heather has done. You, you know, you've said nothing but good things. Um, about Heather, Heather to me. How was that experience being having to spend a little bit of time down there?
2: Do I, I really enjoyed it. For me, especially, like I said, if I'm not training, you know, what am I? What am I going to do? I'm, I'm ready to crack up here. Like uh, it's all I've done all my life. So, um, but uh, like I got to the PI, I was working with Heather twice a day, and then in between. Uh, Bo, who who's in charge of the strength and conditioning and that type of thing, there he he set up a program so I could train around it all. So that kind of kept me in the game a bit. You know, I can I can work on my fitness, I can work on on rehab, and I can work on just improving other areas of uh, you know just general weaknesses in my body. In the meantime, you know, um, so that's kind of kept kept me mentally sane, and uh, and that's something I've been working on a lot. Uh, still still at the minute you know I'm I'm working out three times a week on, on that stuff so that's that's definitely keep me in the game um otherwise I think you know I think for a fighter you're you're ready to crack up if if you can't train I mean you know for me if if I wasn't training I'd want to be working you know like I would want to go back to work and keep myself busy all day definitely just otherwise uh, I'll be I'll be losing the head i would be thinking retirement
0: <laughs> Has it been a good reflection period as well? You, you've obviously um, joined Ali's stable, uh, Dominance MMA. There's been a lot of changes. Is, is it maybe a little bit of a refreshing thing to have that on board to, you know, just maybe reflect on things a little bit? And and it's maybe sort of, you look at it as a new start, a new venture, especially after the loss to Vic as well. New management. Uh, you, you've been into Vegas, the PI. Is it new beginnings maybe? Did you look at it that sort of way?
2: yeah yeah i suppose uh i can't say i looked at it all that sort of way but uh i suppose it's a fresh start with a with a lot of different things there um i think w- once i get back training properly the shoulders are 100 percent right and then there's no injuries nagging at me i can i can 100 percent look at it as as a fresh start and i can really you know get into the nitty-gritty and uh you know, I, I got to start. Like I said, the plan—the plan was when I signed with the UFC again was to get busy. And, uh, You know, sadly, say this is kind of now. That's that's the plan that would get back in and uh, busy. You know, um, I suppose it, it's harder coming off coming off a loss to be sitting on the hard to take. So, so um, you know, coming off a loss. Yeah.
0: Grant, yeah, Ali, we we mentioned Ali, Dominance MMA, the new management team. Um, what's that been like working with Ali? Obviously, he works with some of the best guys in the UFC, you know, Cody Garbrandt, made of big, big stable of fighters. Obviously, a, a guy who can, you know, he can do things possibly that other managers mightn't be able to do because of his experience.
2: Yeah, it's it's been great. Um, obviously, uh, he's got a lot of guys on his roster and, and- everyone's got nothing but, but great things to say. You know, all the fighters just work with him. Uh, there's one of the guys actually fighting this weekend, Nazrat in the gym who, uh, who I spoke, uh, I spoke to about Ali, boy signing with him and, uh, and he couldn't say enough good things, you know, like he was, he's been working with Ali since he was on the, on the smaller shows. And, you know, Ali was, he was working hard for him behind the scenes already then, you know? Um, but yeah, a hundred percent. He's, uh, you know he's getting things done. He's got a great relationship with uh, with the UFC and uh, and all the other promotions. So you know it's kind of kind of what you want, Amanda.
0: I know Ali. Ali's a, Ali's Ali's a good dude. Um, yeah, as you said, a total workaholic. You know, always uh, has some fight on somewhere around the world in the UFC, especially a busy, busy man. I, I want to ask you. Obviously, we had the answer a couple of weeks ago, and you're you're a guy who's been in a similar situation to what Max Holloway um faced against brian Ortega, obviously the ufc dublin event where you had to pull out last minute because of uh the concussion just your thoughts on that you know did the, the ufc from from your point of view did a good job in my opinion for fighter safety fighter welfare how do you think max is feeling after that you're a guy who's obviously been through a similar situation as i've said uh
2: yeah that's it obviously you know in this job it, it comes with these occupational hazards that uh like you're sparring, these things are going to happen. Um, obviously, you know we, we put everything in place so it doesn't happen. But you know these accidents do happen, and uh, you know Touchwood for Maxi, he has a hundred percent recovery. I know. Uh, I know there's a few different reports coming out saying it was something to do with uh, with the the water loading or something, or the possibly a mini stroke or something. So you know Touchwood, uh, you know. All ends up positive for him and uh, you know his health as well, and hopefully we see him back in the octagon. But yeah, I I feel like uh, I feel like it's something that the UFC are are quite good with, you know. Like um, like I spoke to Dana at the Dublin show, and uh, and I apologize for her because obviously, like as it was heartbreaking for me, you know, main main event in in Dublin. But you know what he said to me, he said you know. Uh, health comes first so you know I, I appreciate him saying that and uh, I think uh, I think it's good that the UFC didn't put the uh, pay-per-view numbers ahead of ahead of their fighter's health
0: definitely you, you mentioned that there and that that's been sort of branded around a lot of people obviously thought that it might have been something to do with the weight cutting issues which which led to Max's injury and that's sort of some reports that we've seen coming out saying that you know we've seen again this year Joe the weight cutting issues Time and time again, especially in co-main and main events, um, is that something that that you've even considered? Because I know you're a big 55-er, Maybe making that transition down the line to, to one seventy. Because I know you, you sort of mentioned it before. Because you are a big lad for a for, for a fifty fiver.
2: Uh, not really. Like, uh, like I, I've never had any trouble making fifty five. Like, like when it comes, uh, I suppose it's because I, I never try to squeeze too much out of it. You know, like I, I don't. Generally, I walk around about 185 max. Once I start drifting over 185, I like to bring it down. Um, you know, even when I was injured, I think that the max I went up to was like 190. And
0: um, you were in Brooklyn, you are eating like a heavyweight.
2: Uh, you weren't doing too bad yourself now. Uh, <laughs> them spicy wings <laughs> put manners on you. They didn't did uh, it. Um, But I don't. I just think for me, like I know if I, if I diet, it'll be right. Eight to 10 weeks, like 55 is never an issue. Like, uh, I always work with Lockhart the week of the fight. Um, I like I like to turn up and, and he takes care of everything. I haven't got to think about weight. You know, I just, all I think about is, is the fight. Um, but like, I think anybody who's trying to, trying to push the, push the envelopes, always going to struggle. Like, for instance, the the stipulations with the the weigh-ins, like they're talking about going back to afternoon things and everything, and like obviously it's miserable. You know, like uh, the most miserable part of it was you make weight, you hang around. The worst bit for me was sitting on the bus and then going to the venue, then messing around, like messing around at the venue until you can actually step on the scales. So that's a long drawn out part, but it's not like uh it's not like I'm cutting a ridiculous amount of weight to the point where if I weigh in the morning or if I weigh in the afternoon that is gonna make that much of a difference you know like i i'm gonna i'm gonna do the healthy way i'm gonna i'm gonna cut this a sensible amount of weight i'm gonna make sure i'm rehydrated and uh and that's it i think i think the main problem comes in when you're when you're trying to cut just way too much weight and obviously it's so, it's a tricky one
0: are you like in the sort of belief that it shouldn't really matter what time you aim, whether it's evening or morning, that a fighter should maybe be fighting closer, as you said, to your weight and be able to make the weight where they're not absolutely killing their body.
2: I think um I think the afternoon like obviously gives you at least twenty four hours. That's like you won the twenty four hours, like at the same time you don't want athletes going in dehydrated like fluid around the brain, you know, lacking that type of thing. Um, I think I think anything, twenty four hours or whatever within the twenty four hours. But I think, I think with the early morning weigh-ins, it was just the the ease of it. You know, you you go downstairs, you step on the scales, and uh, and that's it. You know, it was beautiful. You know, wake up early, cut your weight, or cut your weight the night before, and, and go downstairs and, and step on the scales.
0: I think most but, in favor of uh, of them it seems to be that the majority of the fighters on the roster have come out and said they are.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I would say, like, even myself, like, I'm in favour of it. Of course I am. Like, I don't want to be sitting on no bus all all mangled up, you know, like like dry mouth and, uh, like, your ears going funny, like, popping. But, but uh, it's, you know, I think as long as you're doing a sensible, whichever way it is, you, you know, you're going to step back in the octagon healthy, you know? Like, as it's not the end of the world, it's just it's a bit of misery for you know but that's how it was before, so you know, if that's where we go back to, that's where we go back to, yes. I think I think the main thing is is to to kind of cut down on, on the people that's pushing the envelope, you know, like and and I think they're trying to. Um like uh I know I was speaking to Clint who's who's the head of nutrition at the UFC PI and uh They've got, they got a scale there. I don't, know, I don't know enough about it to, to give you any,
3: yeah.
2: any real info on it, but, but the scales basically tells you exactly how much muscle you got, how much water you got, everything else. So like they're talking about transporting this around to each event. And, um, and at the event then they can, they can look and see, okay, you're turning up at this weight, you've got this much weight to lose. They can tell you exactly if you can make that weight healthily. So I think I thought that was a great approach, you know, like definitely you can't you can't argue with the numbers in that sense.
0: Definitely. Okay. Um, you know, people want to know when, when, when's the turnaround, when do you feel as though, um, is there a date in mind where you think you'll be, you'll be good to go and get back in there? Uh, yeah,
2: actually I spoke to Ali there today. Um, you know, as long as the shoulder keeps going the way it is, hopefully, uh, November December would be would be ideal. I want to get I want to get one in this year definitely. Um like I, I was eyeing October, that was that was kind of when I had in mind, but I think October is going to be a bit too soon, so touch wood, November December. Um
0: Doctor's gone along with that as well. Uh
2: last time I spoke to I spoke to the surgeon, he gave me the all clear. Uh like I told him at the time I was looking at October he said if there's no pain, he said you're good to start back training and so on, so so one thing he said was uh, there was still a bit of atrophy around the muscles, so he wanted me to to work on on uh, heavier weights, you know, heavier weights, so I've been kind of I've been doing a bit more lifting, doing a bit more rehab, but stepping it up a notch to, to make sure when I go back in then, he said then the pressure won't come on on the surgery itself, it'll come on the muscles surrounding the surgery, so so that's kind of been my priority for the last month, and uh, within like the next week or two, I've been thinking about starting back grappling. You know, touchwood. There's no, there's no pain or whatever.
0: Good stuff. Looking forward to seeing you back in there. Just one last one for you. Um, d- does Ireland's number one Joseph Duffy see um, Conor McGregor, <laughs> uh, Habib Norag made of by the end of the year? I don't know.
2: There, there seems to be a lot of talk. Like, I, I was always gonna like. I always thought I'd be surprised if I seen that fight. To be honest, but. uh yeah, there's a lot of lot of talks around it, so who knows? Who knows? Like obviously uh corners coaches is is talking about it as well. So I dunno. I'll uh I'll I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. Let's put it that way.
0: Joseph, always appreciate the time my friend. Looking forward to seeing you get back in there. As you said, hopefully at the end of the year. Appreciate the time, as always. Thanks, man. And that was Joseph Duffy. Um, always a pleasure to have Joe on the show. i um, massively looking forward to seeing him get back in there. More or likely towards the end of the year, I'd imagine, from what he was saying there, October, November, December, around that time. Um, and the injury seems to be healing up nicely as well, which is good news for Mr. Duffy. hey Nail <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, I'm excited to see Joe back in there. And um, yeah. Are you, Petey? No. I'm mean, yeah yeah no I'm looking forward to seeing Joe back in. It's
3: crazy, like I mean, he's the the he is massively valuable to Ireland now. Like we, we need Joe doing well at this stage, which not to, not to put the pressure on him, but Jesus, it's it's been a rough few months for Irish MMA as far as I'm concerned, so we yeah. definitely need something to uh spring us back into life.
0: You get an excitement off Joe there because the shoulder's been screwed for so long that I think he's actually excited to see how much he can do with that left hand because you know he wasn't even extending jobs or anything fully before which is, is crazy for a number of years so I think he's really excited about that and I think he gets it you know up up to date properly that he would be able to do a lot more with his game so that's that's exciting I think definitely it's a
3: strange thing as well because like I mean he's such good friends with Owen Colgan and to not have a good job it's pretty
0: disrespectful uh, yeah yeah it. isn't it <laughs> <laughs> alright some funny stuff there um if you've never checked out some of the videos. I think they did one for Boil Sports a couple of years ago in a pub in yeah. It was It was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. That's one of the best ones I've ever And I think they were generally jarred as well, which is the funny thing. <laughs> great, I heard the joke drink of
3: drinking the cows come home.
0: <laughs> yeah, he doesn't
3: drink anymore, though. Ah,
0: Jesus. Yeah, fair play to him. Tough thing to do. States Especially being them. a party as well. But I'm sure it's a, lot, a bit little bit easier over in Canada. Those Canadians are boring, share A lot of them. <laughs> that's controversial like a <laughs> maybe a little bit but not nah. you probably want to go to the, the boozer by yourself a lot more which is probably pretty lonesome but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right okay let, let's move it on a little bit uh to talk about obviously dana white contender series went down last night Um nick newell went in there last night Who was his, what was his opponent's name again pt
3: it was um, Alex... Jesus, sorry. It, it, it Was it Alex Munoz?
0: Alex Munoz. That's the one Alex Munoz. 4-0. Hadn't fought since 2016. I think November, around about that time, was Munoz's last appearance. Didn't end very well for Nick Newell, unfortunately. Um, spent found, the brakes off him. Yeah, apparently he was a, it was a bit of a bloodbath. Um, Just was
3: watching it there. It's, um, you know, spent a lot of time underneath the guy. got battered, to be honest. Um, very... I feel sorry for Nick Newell. I feel like he has a fantastic story. Um, I feel like he's always he's been on the verge of this a couple of times and always looked perfect up until that the the you know it's that yeah. time to to finally prove it that that ultimate proving situation and, and he came up short first against
0: Justin Gaethje and of course now Munoz. Um, Dana was never really behind it though. I don't feel. You know he's backtracked a bit this week. I think with the amount of publicity. That Newell has been getting um, in the lead up to this fight, so you know maybe maybe the pressure was Sorry, on you're him. Have to tell me what you're there talking was about. there was a lot of uh, tweets from Dana and stuff. Oh, Nick Newell, you know, comes in here tonight. What a story! All this stuff, and you know, Dana's publicly said in the past that he wasn't really open to signing Nick Newell. So it's just a bit contradictory in Dana's point. I think Dana jumped on um, maybe a lot of what the media are reporting on the public excitement around Nick Newell getting in there last night. So, yeah, but
3: that's that's surely not um it's not a, bad thing. Not a bad thing. Yeah, you know. it's not
0: a bad thing, but it's just typical Dana. Um is what I'm saying. But yeah, it, it does that rule out Nick Newell ever getting a shot in the UFC? Uh, not ever, but I mean certainly it does
3: now, yeah. yeah. But um the last time
0: this kind of happened, we saw him kind of retire, you know what I mean? So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. All right, disappointing stuff for for Nick Newell, but still a phenomenal story. And if you're, you're not aware of Nick Newell, go check out his story. It's absolutely uh Incredible uh, and he is some athlete and some fighter um in there. Okay, massive fight card this weekend. Um and I think just before um we talk about the main event, we're gonna talk about a couple of the fights on the card. I know you're very excited about this one, PT, I am too. This- ah! Re- <laughs> it's it's one of the, it is it's one of those cards where you go. This is a bloody good ah, card. Johanna like Young jacek is back in there. We've Jose Aldo against Jeremy Stevens as well, and obviously the main event, which we'll be talking about in a few minutes time after we get to that interview with Eddie Alvarez. And um, he goes up against Dustin Poirier in a rematch. It, it is a good one, isn't it? calgary yeah, let's just hope it's better than the last card that was in calgary remember ufc two, 129 yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was
3: awful yeah i can't i don't think you can miss with those uh with the main card anyway yeah, savage
0: can't. absolutely savage anthony before we talk about the top three in the card you know lower down that you're really looking forward to
3: yeah um i'm looking forward to hernandez and open mercy they open the main card um, always love watching Jordan Main for Jordan Main yeah. and Alex Morono. Uh, Hakim De Woudou, the 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 um is the guy who was over in SPG and everybody was talking about how great he was, but then Danny Henry took him out with that quick mm-hmm. guillotine. Um, so that would be good. But I tell you, and like for for two experienced guys the meeting on the card as well, McDessie and Pearson's going to be a yeah. fucking knock.
0: What a the Fucking
3: heads off each other, man. That's going to be a sick one.
0: And yeah, McDessie's actually working out on a roof of sports now. He's gym hopped all over the place. That fella. Occasion um, Johnson and Izan Makachev, I How like that his one t-shirt as well. Business going? What his t-shirt business? I don't remember. He, he fucking didn't pay a lot of. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, sponsorship, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fear the fighter was that it?
3: Yeah. oh, <laughs> look at that. he's w- never got that, that name.
0: A, yeah, yeah. He, he he lost a few friends on that one, definitely. But yeah, a bit of a Jim hopper. That is a cracking fight. Like that's just going to be slobber knocker in the feet. And I do like Cajun Johnson and Izan Makachev as well. Um, and I I was actually. The guy, as you're saying, Dewodu uh, is fighting. Austin Arnett's pretty impressive as well. He's a product of Dana White Contender Series from last season. So that's an interesting one, too. Um, okay. Joanna Young check against Tisha Torres. I look at this fight and I look at the speed of Tisha Torres, the trickiness, and obviously the technical ability of Joanna Young Jacek. That's the interesting element for me here, Petey. Torres is obviously on a good run. Joanna, I think maybe she's going to have mental issues to deal with I don't think she's been as strong obviously after those two losses to Rose Namahunas but for me if she does get a hold of Tisha Torres and able to track her down find her range it's going to be a long night for Tisha
3: yeah I'm just interested to see her find someone that isn't Rose Namahunas because yeah, yeah,
0: true.
3: she just battered everyone really up until she fought Rose so yeah I, I want to see if the old Joanna is there you know i'm not going to lie to you on press row a few people were talking about joanna and they were talking about Mark DK they two people who went over to uh att and and maybe maybe haven't looked the fighters that we thought they were so i mean i think they have that kind of uh they're under the microscope a bit in that sense like how are they handling prospects how can you get uh you know be given the the best women's straw weight in the world and the best um one of the best prospects in the uk and going kind to of mess it up um. So yeah, well, will not mess it up. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the, the results speak for themselves. Well, I said, well, I
0: said, so, I, I, said I didn't think Mark was, you know, from talking to Mark quite a lot. And I, I don't think Mark was a hundred percent happy over there. He just felt maybe he was a bit homesick, not totally invested in ATT. But you know, that's that's for Mark to make that decision, not me. And and I think maybe the same at Joanna as well.
3: Well, like Mark's doing something that uh, we saw other guys do before. Like, I mean, usually with ATT, you do everything under the same roof. As ATT, you do your strength and condition, with ATT, you do your yeah. boxing, you do blah blah blah. He He's kind of branching out and right? having a look at a few other people. We saw like Samir Merseyside fighters do that in the past, and then they've inevitably moved on. I'm not saying that that's what will happen with Mark, but it's just just interesting to see how this goes now. Like,
0: yeah, I agree. What, how do you think it's going to go? Do you think you want? Do you think Tisha Tara's, her pace, her speed is going to be an, a massive issue for Joanna here. No. No.
3: I don't think I don't think the Joanna the best version of Joanna, I don't think it would be trouble for
0: her. I don't. That's yeah. being perfectly honest. No, I agree with you. I, I think it's it's gonna be um it, I She's think a nightmare not, to fight. Though. Yeah, she's she little, is. She is a bit tough, of a nightmare. She's tough I think, to look
3: good against. Like she's tough to look I, against T
0: Joanna will get her at some stage, I think. Maybe the first couple of rounds be feeling out stage. I don't think we're in for the, the best fight in the world here, but I could see Joanna finishing in the third. If she gets her in a in a, in a precarious position and starts putting on a few combos, it could be a, a bit tough for, for Tisha to to be able to um, withstand that onslaught. I can't see Tisha onslaught. standing
3: off her. I can't see Tisha, Tisha like standing off her and hitting her. Uh, look, Sorry, that's exactly what Tisha's going to try and do. She's going to try and stand off her and hit her. Yeah. And when you look no. at Andrade, the way she fought her to win that fight... Mm. It, it was tough. That's a tough 15 minutes to just keep walking someone yeah, down, definitely. taking their shots to throw to, to your own. If I've learned anything from the Rose units the first fight, it's that Joanna doesn't quite have the jaw, that, the chin that we thought she had. So that's a dangerous business if Joanna's going to get into mm-hmm. walking Tisha down because Tisha can hit you and move very quickly. As you said, our speeds and our footwork is some of our best assets. Right. So. Just interesting to see if she can do it because three in a three losses in a row would be yeah, oh. a calamity for Joanna. We'd be talking like Pettis material at that stage.
0: Well, it's pretty crazy alone to see Joanna third, you know, third fight on, on on a fight card here. But yeah, no, I think you Io- I think Joanna's going to have too much. But I do the one area I think to look out for this week as well as is Joanna's mindset, see where it's at because um, you know those two losses will definitely have damaged that ego and hurt Joanna. But uh, definitely, one she's going to uh, win for me. I reckon third round stoppage in this one. Um, I'm going. What's your prediction, sweet cheeks? Decision, decision, Joanna. Yeah, there we go. Pete's going with decision. Decision. No decision. one. I am the greatest in the world. Okay. Uh, ooh. Funny little element to this card. Uh, Jose Aldo obviously in the co-main against J- Jeremy Stevens and Eddie Alvarez obviously against Dustin Poirier. Uh, two guys who've have lost to Mr. McGregor. It's just 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 sort of funny. Three guys actually. What am I saying? Um. In. The top two fights in the co-main and main event. Jose Aldo back in there against Jeremy Stevens. I worry for Jose Aldo in this fight against uh, who the fuck is that guy in Jeremy Stevens? <laughs> Listen, I have to fancy Stevens in this one. I think you know we looked at the fights against Holloway, Jose Aldo. I'm not so sure Aldo really wants it anymore, and I think Stevens does. Like I question whether we're going to see very much more fights from Jose Aldo in the UFC. Going down the line. What do you expect we're going to see out of Jose Aldo this weekend? It's very interesting. He's been flying under the radar quite a bit as well.
3: I just think Jose Aldo in his prime would have made shy to Jeremy Stevens. So that's what we're going to learn from this. That's what we're going to learn from this. Like, where is Jose Aldo at? We think we know. You know, we think we have a good idea. Um, we? haven't watched him a bit. Like, we don't think it's there yet, but... It's a type of opponent that Jose could look really good against if he, if he's on song. A guy that's bearing down on him and trying to land haymakers, That's pretty much exactly what he wants, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I, I want to see I, I want to see the the old Jose. I miss watching the old Jose. Yeah, so, we all do. Yeah, let's let's see what it's about. I mean. I think there's it, I no, think, I there's think no tougher test of metal in, in the featherweight division than Jeremy Stevens. I really don't think there is. I, I,
0: yeah, I, I agree. I think it's more of a psychological element for, for Jose, though, because those two losses, I think, really have damaged his ego and, and dented him quite a lot. Because we saw Frankie Edgar at UFC 200. It was a really good performance when he beat Frankie. But then you have a guy, momentum, like Stevens has. Do who Choi, your boy, the superboy, and Josh Emmett, taking them out in really good. Controversial 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 fashion (laughs) It is He has been impressive to me In the last couple of fights Um, And I just think he's going to have too much for Jose I think Jose's mind isn't going to be there That's just my uh, opinion and thoughts on this And I wouldn't be surprised I think we could have a fight of the night here
3: yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's definitely well, like yeah, but then you look at the main event and you go, well, "No, nah. yeah, no." <laughs> who I think, you?
3: I think any, everyone <laughs> thinks the same thing about that
0: main event. You know what I mean? It's
3: gonna be mental. It, 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 who are you going
0: with for Aldo and Stevens? Yeah, Aldo. Are you? I, I, I just fancy the momentum of Jeremy Stevens, the unknown. In, in Jose's mindset going into well, this. Well, depending,
3: like, I mean, if he illegally knees him in the head and the referee doesn't mind, like, I mean, then then Jeremy Stephens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, okay, it is. It's going to be a really good fight. Can't wait for that one um, on Saturday Night Come main event. Before we get to the main event, let's get to the interview. He does headline this main event uh, against Dustin Poirier. Returning guest of the show, always a pleasure to have uh, Mr. Eddie Alvarez on. So we'll be back to talk about that fight, how we see that one going, and your questions.
1: Boom. Hi, this is Hazel Gracie, and we are talking with fucking bros. I got a text from the guy from One Direction telling me, God bless you, as if this guy knows anything about fighting. That's what I'm dealing with. Delighted to welcome back on the show.
0: Always a pleasure to have him back on. Big fight coming up for him next week, July 28th in Calgary. It is returning guests to the show. Always a pleasure. It, sporting his, uh, his cool UFC hat training outside you're in new jersey eddie how are you my friend good to have you back on as um, always or
1: we're not we're, we're home i'm in pa um i'm in pennsylvania but um i'm bucks county but uh yeah most of my camps in jersey but i, I live in pennsylvania today's uh, a home workout
0: good stuff eddie how are you obviously a rematch with dustin poirier coming up next week um how are you feeling about this rematch? Obviously it's something that you've done a lot in the past. Obviously the Michael Chandler fights is the preparation maybe a little bit different for a rematch than it is for a new opponent?
1: Um I don't know, man. Every every fight is different, you know? You feel different emotionally like uh uh every, every single fight is different. I feel rejuvenated. Um I don't know. The the older I get, the less the less I try to think and the less I try to care. I think i i've been guilty of caring too much in the past and i think it sort of that caring so much affects your performance so i think i just let go of any kind of anything i'm doing an interview my son keeps inter- interrupting me sorry um but uh the less i care i think the better i do i go in loose i go in relaxed. i'm able to be creative and uh i don't know i think i think i do better that way under under less tension
0: how does uh, coach mark feel about that Uh, that side of your game
1: he absolutely hates it it makes him crazy but um we're a good we're a good mix i think uh i try to let let the idea of any kind of thoughts go and just be a dog in there and he's the total opposite he wants i allow him to think for me and to tell me things so we we try to mesh the two and make for uh the perfect fighter so um he hates that I'm like that, and I think uh, I think we can't be totally me and we can't be totally him. We need to be somewhere in between, and that that uh, fights like the Gaethje fight and fights like that go on when when we meet in the middle.
0: You're a guy, obviously. You know, we've talked about in the past here in the show with you before that you know, as you said there, you know, you're at your most dangerous when you're backed into a corner. Is that a worry for you, maybe going down the line about your health in the future that you've you've been in so many wars?
1: Uh no. No, I mean, look where I'm from, I've already done, I've, uh, I've already exceeded my expectations from where I grew up. So um, for me, this is all just winning. It's all winning. So um, a loss in the ring is, is very minute to me considering where I was supposed to end up. So I'm very grateful. I'm very lucky to be in the position I'm in and um, I'm happy, man.
0: We look at Dustin Poirier, and I, I, I I've spoken to a few people about Dustin in the past. A few guys who, who've been in there against him. Did you feel, you know, obviously towards the end of that first fight that maybe he was he was breaking? Did, did you feel that?
1: A hundred percent. I look. I'm I'm the most honest guy you're ever going to have on this damn interview, and I know what I feel. I've been in. Forget about um, fights in the octagon. I've been in way more street fights than I ever been in the octagon. <laughs> I can. I feel things inside of a cage. It's not just uh, me being barbaric and whatever. Fighting is a feeling for me. And um, I, I know what I feel. I'm very honest with myself. And I felt a man's spirit breaking. And uh, At what point? Uh, I think it was after the left hook and I had him against the cage. I hit some really hard body shots. And uh, once I got the takedown, you just feel. You feel the energy zap. You feel the spirit go. There's no longer a fight left and i don't think there was um i was an idiot i threw i threw i was in a um instinctive state of mind i wasn't thinking i'm just throwing knees and uh it's a fight uh unfortunately it got called a no yeah. contest i was on my way to a victory and uh it's a no contest so we'll do it again we'll hash it out and um regardless of what he believes or i believe we're going to figure this shit out on the 28th. We have one week to go, and uh, I couldn't be more ready.
0: You said, uh, Derek, a couple of moments ago, you know, you go in and, and it's, you know, you feel the opponents. Do you feel as though you need to implement maybe your wrestling a little bit more in this fight and maybe be a little bit more tactical than, than normal?
1: Yeah, um, look, I want to be tactical. I'm, I don't. I never go in there and say, I want to get my face smashed up and I want to get hit in the head. Um I don't know why that happens, but I learned to embrace it. I don't know why I, I, I try. I go in with the idea of, of not getting hurt and hurting my opponent, but it never seems to work that way. So I've learned to embrace it and the crowd loves it. So, um, I don't know. I just let the fight be what it is. And, uh, and it, it, you know, I try to make it enjoyable when I, when I enjoy myself inside the octagon, uh, that's the ultimate goal. I think.
0: How do you look back on that fight now? Have you watched it back?
1: Yeah, I watched it back. I, I think, being, being completely honest, I, uh, I may have fought the best fight uh, for his style to beat me.
0: So I, you, I, you think you played I, into his hands in the first fight?
1: It was Dustin's fight to win, 100%. And I watched the fight. I watched the things I was doing. I was not doing anything that I should have done to win that fight. I should have lost, Um, and uh, he still couldn't finish me. So that makes me feel good going into the second fight, that that was the best he could have done, and he didn't get me out of there. So um, I'm excited to go back, correct them little mistakes, and and, and dominate this fight.
0: Do you feel that's been a problem for you in your career, what you've just said there? Um, Executing a a game plan and a rhythm.
1: Yeah, uh, sometimes I think thought gets involved. You know, um, sometimes thought and thinking get gets involved, and I've been guilty of that five times in my career. I lost five times, and I've won twenty nine. So um, every once in a while, th- the idea of thought gets in the way, and I and I don't I don't know for some reason I don't trust my instincts, and and I start thinking and I lose, and uh, I I've assessed this. And uh, I went over it in my head, and I, I, I correct the mistakes, and I win. I win almost every fight I fight.
0: So you look at it as as a as a weapon almost?
1: <laughs> it's a weapon. Yeah, it's a weapon.
0: Definitely. Listen, I want to ask you, obviously, about the, the whole title situation here. Um, we obviously have Habib as champion. First of all, is that a good thing for you, that Habib is champion?
1: Um. Oh, yeah, it's, a, it's a definitely a good thing because uh, – it's going to be tough for me to get a fight back with Connor. I, I understand the path and the way I have to finish fights in order to work my way back there. I have to do something very dominant against all my opponents to work my way back to, to fighting ever getting to fight him again. So, um, if he still held the belt, I wouldn't have a chance at a world title shot again. I'd have to fight a lot of guys in front to do that. So beating, beating the undefeated Russian maybe taking on a guy like Nate Diaz who beat Conor uh, and, and doing it in a fashion that no one else has done it, beating them in a fashion no one's done it, that's important right now. That's important to me. So finishing my opponents and doing it dominantly will will get me back to that road.
0: Is it crucial then you make a statement in this fight against Dustin Poirier to get back to that road and put yourself possibly in line to be next for Habib Nurmagomedov?
1: Yeah, I want to go down as the greatest lightweight to do it. I've won every single world title in every organization I ever fought, and um, I've lost them as well. I've lost world titles as well. And um, it's just important to get back, to keep training, to trust myself, trust my instincts, my coaches, my teammates, and go back and compete at a high level. And I've been doing it for years, and and I enjoy it.
0: We look back at the Al Akinta fight. Obviously, Al stepped in. Habib had like four or five different opponents in a week. You know, I think it's given a lot of people in the lightweight division a little bit more confidence that, you know, you can get out Habib. He's not this unbeaten uh, freak of a monster that people think he is. Did you see the holes that I saw in his game in that fight against Al Akinta?
1: I've seen a lot of defensive mistakes, a lot of... uh when you enter against him, his weight on his back foot, his chin in the air, a lot of very bad, bad defensive striking mistakes. And I've seen a one dimensional sort of wrestler, single leg. Yeah. Like one single leg. That's it. I I don't think besides the stuff that was done on the cage, the couple things, I just seen out in the open free range a single leg shot. So um I've I've fought against craftier wrestlers and I've made I've made a career out of beating a wrestler, so I understand the dynamic and how to fight them. So um, I think for sure I'm the best matchup uh, for Khabib, and I'm not. I'm not campaigning. Mm. I'm not selling the crowd bullshit. I am the best matchup for Khabib, considering the style that I fought with my whole career. I am.
0: Do you think you know? There's obviously the the talk of Conor and Habib getting done first of all before anyone else gets an opportunity. Do you see that playing out? Do you see that happening? Because I think we need clarity again, really, in the division. Because it's, it's, there's not much talk of any other fight for the title outside that one at the moment.
1: I think that's happening. I, I mean, if I had to give my honest opinion, I think that fight's going to happen. I think it should happen. They'll be able to, uh, they'll be able to clear up the division a yeah. little bit. Conor fight Khabib and then see who comes out on top, and then whoever wins that will be the rightful champion.
0: Well, who comes out on top?
1: Uh, in that fight,
0: yeah.
1: For for me, it's a pick'em. It's an absolute pick'em, and uh.
0: You're you're hoping Habib though. Uh,
1: I would. (laughs) For me, yeah. Conor wins. You know, I'd have to. I'm gonna my path to the title again. When I have to knock out Nate Diaz, show everyone I beat someone he beat. It's a difficult story to um to do. It makes it more difficult for me to get back to that belt. So if Khabib ends up winning, then uh, for sure the story's there, you know? So uh,
0: what is it for Eddie Alvarez now? Is it, you know, is it the big fights? Is it getting back to that world title? You know, you talked about Nate Diaz there. That's obviously a big, big high profile fight. There's obviously the Habib fight. They're they're all high profile fights, but is it about the strap? Is it about the the lucrative fights? Is is that the legacy you want to be remembered by? Is it about taking on the best or, or having the championship or putting these big super fights on?
1: the absolute best, um, matchups that fans want to see. I, I joined the UFC. No resume is better. Not a single, you name a lightweight who has I agree. back back to back champion after champion, uh, top three after top three, but back- like no one, no one. And I try, I try to find someone who's done it. No one. So um, not necessarily so concerned with, with, uh, the record and the things like that, I want to be remembered as when I fought, I fought the best guys in the world, the the, the, the fights that fans wanted to see. And um, and I'll know the truth at the end of this. I won't pad my record. When I'm done, I'll know the absolute truth. Uh, whether, whether I want to face the reality or not, I'll know the truth that uh, I either won or lost against the best guys in the world.
0: What will we know on a Sunday morning, Sunday week? What will the outcome be against Dustin Poirier? Is there going to be a statement made from Eddie Alvarez?
1: That I'm on my way to win back my world title that I lost. Um, that'll be the statement. That holy shit! Not only is he not going away, this guy's coming back to win his world title. We're all in trouble.
0: What? <laughs> what has Mark Henry? liking the bill up to this fight, obviously Mark, Mark. We we know Mark well here. He, he's a guy who likes his codes and stuff. Are you gonna give Mark the night off on, on Saturday night?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I told I told Mark last fight to sit sit <laughs> sit, sit next to my wife and enjoy the show. But um, no, man. Look, I love Mark Henry. My he honestly is he's a different sort of coach, and uh, he is the best coach in MMA. Caring. He lives and breathes this stuff. I don't know if he's been home in the last five weeks. So, um, you know, I just think the mesh of me, I need him. He needs me as well. I think we learn from each other. And um, we're going to go out there and put on an amazing show.
0: I can't wait for the fight. Eddie, unfortunately, your your beloved Tyrone GAA lost yesterday. Dublin got the better. I'm sorry about that one.
1: (laughs) Rub that one in. I know I thought we were gonna get out of that get out of here and escape. I knew you're gonna to want
0: to rub that one in. Eddie, listen, always a pleasure to catch up with you, my friend. I'm massively looking forward to the fight next weekend. And I, I'm sure we'll have you back on the show again soon. Do appreciate the time, my friend.
1: Thank you now. Tune in July twenty-eighth, Calgary baby.
0: And that was Eddie Alvarez. Uh, seriously like a kid of Christmas ahead of this fight, as you heard at the end of the interview there. Calgary baby. So he's super excited to get back in there against Dustin Poirier this Saturday night in a fight I really can't wait for. And I think um, it's going to be a fight that we're going to see um, as potentially one of the fights of the year, in my opinion, if it goes anywhere near like the first one. it Often they don't to be the case, but when Eddie Alvarez is in there, you can't really argue that Eddie has been in some absolute barn burners over the years, as far back as Bellator days against uh, Michael Chandler in that trilogy a very different Eddie Alvarez, a feeling the build up to this fight, Pete, I um, haven't spoken to him there. Maybe there's going to be a little bit more tactics used in this fight. I know he always tries to do it, but it seems to go out the window. <laughs> but, but he seems to be going, you know, I've got to implement something in this fight that I haven't in the past. You know, like, as he always says, you know, the dog comes at me and all this sort of stuff. It does in fairness. But you look at the first fight, the way the first fight went down, do you see? Do you see an advantage for either fighter? The way that fight ended, is there a psychological advantage anywhere for, for either one of them?
3: Either can pick their psychological advantage. That's what I like about yeah. it. Like one way when you can look at it one way and say, "Well, does Barry goes? Well, he hit me with a legal shot. It was winning the fight." But you can also see that Eddie Alvarez is clearly turned, coming into the ascendant. Yeah, like, that's
0: that's what I mean. That's a, that's that was one. But people, that's that 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 annoys me, Petey, because a lot of people seem to forget that moment, and they just go, it's so, it's, it's crazy. I don't understand that."
3: It was a fucking... That, that, that fight, like, nothing hurt the world more of MMA more when they fucking called and stopped
0: that fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you remember Twitter I remember. that night? Yeah. It was like, nah! Run, what have you done? Yeah, <laughs> Three in the morning. That. It wasn't an animal. It's like one of those fights when, you're, when you're, you're coming up to the main event and you're getting tired because we we're watching it here, and then you just get a rush of adrenaline and you can't sleep, and then the referee goes and fucking does that and stops the fight like that. Very, very... Very upsetting. But listen, what, what a fight. What a fight to look forward to. Do you think we're going to see a vastly different fight than what we saw in the first one? You know, as I said there to Eddie, that he feels as though he he, he mentally broke um, Dustin and the fact that he does try and implement things maybe a little bit in his games that they've worked on in training and, and practice. And I think wrestling could be a big key here for Eddie. I know Dustin's you know come on in leaps and bounds as wrestling, but, but is that the area that, that Eddie really needs to go? you know, along the lines of the Pettis fight where he's going to grapple and grind them and up against the cage and make it dirty, look for single legs, double legs, take him up down against the fence and look for, um, you know, ground and pain, that sort of thing.
3: I just remember two lads beating the holy shit out of each other. I don't remember him going single legs, double legs on, which it probably did happen, but uh, I thought that, like, I think this is pure, like, looking down the barrel at a gun for mm. both these guys. Like, that's, that's what they want to do now. Like, th- no matter what he's saying about all that stuff, inside... Eddie Alvarez won't be able to shake off the fact that Dustin Poirier thinks he's nearly stopped him. Yeah, that's what he's saying. He's said, going to go in and show. I'm like that's what it's going to be. It's mm. going to be two fellas just basically exchanging in the pocket till one can't do it anymore. That's what. That's well, what I, this
0: fight is going to. be. Oh, I'm not so sure. I, I think Eddie might go down the wrestling route because I think it's, you know Dustin striking I think is better.
3: Yeah, um, but the problem is right. If you go down the wrestling route and you fail, and then you're in a striking match, your arms are fucked. So you can either start off striking, mm. or else you can start trying to grapple. And then if he gets out of the first round, your arms are going to be very heavy. And he, well, I suppose you're making him grapple too. So, but um, yeah, like I mean, I don't know. I, I just have a feeling that this, the way it's going to go, is very similar to the first one. Um, it, uh, not not that I know who's going to win. I, I think it's very hard to pick this fight. But um, I I think we're going to see both lads yeah. having to deep, dig deep within themselves uh, during this fight. It's, and um. It, it's, whoever can dig deeper is going to have their hand raised.
0: Is this maybe Dustin Poirier's last chance to get over the line? You know, he's come so close on so many occasions in the past, and he's just come up short. And that's where I worry for Dustin. I wonder if the mindset has changed, whether he he's going to be able to push and, and get over that line. He, he's sort of been... He's disappointed people, maybe. It's probably a bad word to say in the past about maybe getting onto that, like, main event, pay-per-view, star quality level.
3: Yeah, um... Yeah, like look how many chances Frankie Edgar had. So I mean, True. it'd be
0: silly to, for me to but, say. But no, oh, but Fra- yeah, Frankie, let's go. Frankie's won titles. Frankie's had the belt. Dustin hasn't. He, he's won title. He's he's <laughs> no, but he's come up short. That's not like an, it's not a slight on, on Dustin, but he has. You know, he, he's got there. He's built himself up, and he just hasn't been able to get over that line for that that title fight. Yeah,
3: um, yeah. No, I do, I, like I feel like. It's it's his chance, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I I don't know if I'm comfortable to say it's his last time ever. Like this sport is so weird, you know what I mean? It's such a fucked up sport. Like, like in fairness to him, he he's like since he's been in the UFC, he's lost a Conor McGregor, Korean Zombie, who who look who his whole career has been derailed because of that military thing. He was absolutely an animal at the time uh, when he was when he was really like pumping through the gears. He was fucking brilliant till he fought Aldo, of course. Uh, Cubs swanson and our perennial title contender um you know who did he, he lost one johnson was a bad loss yeah, it was. Do you know what i mean you were like holy shit like okay you can do better than that but you know if you would have asked me the first time he fought eddie alvarez compared to four, bo- compared to parier that fight eddie alvarez the first time to the parier that's fighting alvarez this time i think that The updated version of Poirier is way better. He's beaten Anthony Pettis. He stopped Anthony Pettis in three rounds. He stopped Justin Gaethje in four rounds, something that is not very easy to do. So, yeah, uh, I think Poirier is in a much better situation to do it this time, but Eddie Alvarez thinks he broke him, and and if he thinks he broke him once, he'll he'll think he'll be able to break him again.
0: That's a big, big, um, big weapon, I believe, for Eddie here in this fight. it's, it, listen, it's going to be a, f- a phenomenal fight. It, what way do you see it going? Are you going to pick a winner here? Can you pick a winner?
3: Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if I can pick a winner. Again, I will pick a winner,
0: though. Um, <laughs> Who's the winner going to be, Pete? <laughs> Eddie Alvarez. I'm going to pick Eddie Alvarez as well. I think we're going to get him. Um, and
3: then they're going to do Eddie Alvarez versus Tony Ferguson.
0: I wouldn't say no to that. I'd love to see that fight. There's so many good fights in that lightweight division. That would be an absolute I think cracker. the winner
3: of this gets Tony. One way or the other.
0: I think, so. yeah, you're going to have to be looking at that. Eddie was talking about, you know, it's about the big fights now. It's You know, he's talking about Nate Diaz again. He's been pitching that one for a while. Um, he does think Conor Habib's going to happen. I think we all think it's going to happen now at this stage, hopefully. Um, so that it, it is. It's going to be really interesting. But I do see Eddie Alvarez winning this fight. And I think we're going to see a different, more tactical performance. But still, yeah, a bar burner on Saturday night. So I'm going to go Eddie Alvarez, uh, fourth, fifth round, possibly... Um, a decision victory over here but I think we're in for one hell of a fight on Saturday night in Calgary <laughs> pardon me Jesus Christ I didn't sound good <laughs> if, if you want to get in touch with us hit us up uh, on Twitter I'm, I'm at 4 he's a PT Carol and uh, obviously do subscribe share all that stuff um, the show and on the phone lines plus plus three five three eight three eight eight five eight zero eight six two. okay PT yeah. what a fight card we have to look forward to okay let's get to some of your Questions, folks. Um on the phone lines. As I said. Okay, John Menton. Well lads, how's the form? Happy belated birthday to Peter Carl. Petey. Oh, thanks very much. Petey It's gonna call him. Thank you, John. Any updates on Holloway's condition? Um is this the wake up call fighters have needed in for a union um in order to have insurance? No. This is completely the manager's fault not putting someone in a contract, if if that's what you're
3: asking. I don't really know what you mean. Like I mean, what what's the question like i mean is this why we need a union why
0: yeah i'm not is it for
3: like is it for the, like because he obviously didn't get paid because he didn't fight
0: it's just a wake-up call fighters have needed for a union in order to have insurance i presume that's what what he means um
3: oh right okay so they would be able to get like a, a sport yeah, insurance yeah, yeah yeah that's a manager's fault for me
0: yeah I, you'd have to agree with that and um, what we well we don't really know the ins and outs yeah, like, that. there's
3: several fields of thought. Some people think he got knocked out the week before he went over. Um, and it just, the concussion was just so bad that, like, you know, he was trying to just get through yeah. it. Look, this, fighters do this an awful lot. Um, George St-Pierre only recently talked about how he got knocked out just before he fought Dan Hardy. Um, and he fought anyway, but it was incredibly
0: dangerous. Um, I asked Joe about that earlier on, about Holloway as well. Obviously, it happened to Joe against Poirier. Yeah. Um, so but I no, was... but hang
3: on, do we know? that We don't know that's what happened. A lot of people think it was just a bad way cut, Then this, mm. like, he kind of got yeah. that Yoroya Faber. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Uriah Hall situation where his heart and his everything started failing. One, one thing, the, the most, the biggest issue of the whole lot is it's clearly, clearly, like, it's clear that Max Holloway is is having trouble getting down the fed away now. Like he said it himself a while ago with the, all the new. Uh, protocol that came in that he was struggling and he, and he wouldn't be able to keep his belt if that's what they wanted him to do. Um, It's certainly an issue now and it feels like... I, one thing I was thinking about earlier this week as well is even though this happened to him and he couldn't make 55 against Khabib, mm. there's been less talk about Max Holloway not being able to make featherweight than there was about Conor McGregor who's
0: never missed making featherweight. Yeah. I think that's very That's a, that's, that's a very good point. Very, very good point. And um, I think... Uh, as I was talking to my
3: brother about it just yesterday. Uh, like it just came up, came into my head. I was like, hang on a second. I can remember being in Boston before Conor fought Seaver. Everybody was talking about it was weight. It was like they were willing them to fuck it up. And, um, you know, uh, Mirsad Betich said in um, Hamburg in his scrum that he, you know, he shares a manager with uh, Max Holloway and he thinks he walks around about 190 pounds. That is in no way sure, anywhere near a featherweight or anywhere near
0: a... Uh, should even what lightweight. Yeah, th- that's what I said. To, remember in, in Brooklyn that week, I was certain that Max wasn't fighting from the day I saw Max there. He looked huge. He didn't even look like he was anywhere near 155, and that was always a concern for me. And I just wonder now, even to get to 55, it's it's going to be a big issue for him.
3: Yeah, it's, unless he like seriously cuts down his wa- walking around weight or something. It's, it's, like it's, I mean, if that's true, if he's at 185. Uh, 190 should be competing at welterweight yeah it's like McGregor McGregor would r- rarely if ever
0: touch 175 yeah yeah it is it's it's absolutely crazy he cuts a huge amount away and I, I think it's very worrying for the sport and there was talk obviously you know there was a, a few things that he may have possibly suffered a stroke but we don't know anything really He's Oh, gonna, fingers crossed he didn't, <coughs> he didn't. that would be an absolute um, disaster for, for Max yeah. in his career um, but listen best wish, w- wishes to Max Holloway let's hope he gets fully healed up and gets back in there and fights at a at a sensible weight okay um, more here on this um, what do you think uh, of Brendan Shaw's comments on Dana and the UFC I, I listened to it um, listen I don't often agree a lot what Brandon says but he made some <laughs> he made some very valid points on that one um,
3: I didn't see it I didn't see it I was it, too busy it, breaking you, news you, and all. you
0: just slated uh, Dana about you know the Israel Adesanya comments and, and you know social media posts and criticising fighters and things like that it, it it, it's typical, Dana. Listen, we could go around in circles and talk about this all day. It, it's what Dana does. It's the way he promotes fights. And I'm not sure how long we're going to see Dana around for it, to be honest, in the future. I think he's lost a lot of interest in um, in, in uh, the UFC. And what Haven't was, we all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd agree with that one, yeah. All right. But, yeah, it is it is what it is, really, is, is one of those things. It's nothing... Out of the ordinary, we see this the whole time with Dana and Shab Is a bit of a meatball as well.
3: Oh man, like I mean, all them guys, them kind of fighters, tournament reporters are talking absolute brown. Did you not see a son in there in his character the Yeah, week?
0: Chael does my head. Um, McGregor
3: listen. and uh, Khabib is in the works after last week. Thank God, everyone seems to calm down after I lost my shit talking about it. Mm. um that fight, like of course, they aren't talking about that fight when he has a car case to do this week. Of course, they're not
0: going to. Like they're not going to. They're not going to go out and publicly you know, announce it. You know how many
3: national national ridiculous. publications are writing stories about this fucking yeah. disaster? Like, the, like the idiots. Yeah, absolutely. So sick of seeing this shit.
0: Yeah, it's obviously something they're they we, want to they do they want, want to talk. do but they're not going to come out publicly when look he's a at the,
3: look at look at look, look at what yeah. McGregor's camp are saying but Okamoto puts John cabinet in a corner and he, and then cabinet has to say well listen i actually don't know what's going on i oh, interviewed Roddy down there yeah. after that thing when something's in the pipeline i was like well whether well, he's training for Khabib no like it's all just and it's all just noise because you have to remember all of these people as well um a big part of their careers is their involvement with Conor McGregor they're going to be put on the spot every yeah. time about him that's what people are there. Like people constantly put them on the spot, constantly putting them on the spot. Um, so yeah, believe me, as soon as they have any interest from Connor, they're gonna release that. Like they they don't see it in McGregor News as much as a reporter wouldn't see it in McGregor News. They
0: they can't it's, do anything though, from a legal standpoint, anyway. No, and it, it makes them shit. look it makes them look amateur. Air. So yeah, let's see. just We can go on about this all day, but yeah. Uh, it does me. F- it, does yeah, me it does me head. It does me But it is. It's bad c-
3: reporting. It lowers the standard of the whole hundred um, percent MMA. I,
0: I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. People saying the fights, you know, thing. They're not going to announce shit until after Thursday, and we get a resolution of what's going to happen on Thursday. That's bottom line.
3: And I'd be still very surprised if it's October. Massive. No, it's
0: not happening in October. Oh, I to- of course I, not. not. Yeah, actually, hang on. It's, of course, it's, it's it. not. It, it's either it's either it's December. so des- December. That's what. I, yeah, I've said that for a long time in Vegas. Are we, I, to be honest eat? I'm sort of, I'm a bit perverse, I, I I sort of want to go to Vegas, I haven't been there in so long,
3: that I, I'm, <laughs> nah, <Murray. laughs> I'm, Fucking staying away
0: from we're there. going. you're coming,
3: no, sure I have my A team over there, I'm only on the C team or whatever, no so you're not, first.
0: I, I'm upgrading you, <laughs> <laughs> they,
3: only, they only send me where they, they only want to send one man, they, they don't oh, want to lose stop. any any important Listen, people,
0: I'm very proud of you, I'm, I'm glad to, I have to say that now, fair play to you, you've done excellent stuff with the camera the last number of weeks and well done. It's not and as and it's I'm terrific. proud
3: of you. Oh, but like I'm not actually doing anything. Like, that like as I'm saying to you, I'm just pointing, pressing the button, as Abby uh, always tells me to do. Just press the button, PT, <laughs> and that's what I've been doing. Because all the rest of these guys, like guilherme Cruz, is a fucking animal. Like he, he's edited every single video. Like, so I mean, he has way more work to do than I have. If you get me. Mm. So editing's a pain in the ass. So I'm just doing fuck all. Really, it's just pointing the camera, and but it's just I, I, do, a, I oops, do it all,
0: PT i do it yeah
3: all. yeah <laughs> yeah the edits i haven't done, i haven't even tried to do the edits. i'll, te- yet, so I'll, I'll teach you
0: i'll teach you i'll teach you we'll meet up and i'll teach you does normal... much do need software how much software um well i recommend final cut pro the new version because it's actually the quickest it renders really quick and it's about 350 399 oh. three nine nine. yeah it's not cheap um we might be able to find you a little something somewhere we'll have a look all right. All right. Does Norman Park signing with Bellator mean we might see a return to Belfast? Yeah, listen, it, it, they're going to be back here regardless of a TV deal. It seems to be they like pissing away money. Um let's <clears throat> be honest about it. They need well, they a TV need to, deal. They
3: need to work on their selling out, um, selling venue, like first of all. I think that's very important. Because you know, when I was over in London when MVP fought, I was like, holy shit, we don't get Bellator crowds like this. Mm. And then and then they're they're investing a lot of money. There's a lot of people like Richard. Richard Keely's, uh Norman Parker, uh, Richard Keely's. Are Norman Parker? Yeah. Just few, a few of the people that they're talking about at the moment. And um, you're going to see a lot of kind of entry level, like not entry level, but fledging pros signed as well. Mm. But there's varying scales as how they are signed. Obviously, there's different contracts for different of people. Course. So yeah, I, I've heard of a few, um, very interesting ones in the pipeline. So hopefully, of course, um, everybody's talking about Paul Redmond, but he's still, he's still signed to KSW. That would have been absolutely brilliant.
0: Yeah. So definitely Probably. looking forward to seeing norman get in there he was actually offered a fight with ryzen as well which he turned down um i saw the details of that um but yeah looking forward to seeing him. and we've daily mvp obviously as well which has been announced uh, about time um you just really need to watch assessed.
3: this on tv you know what i mean that's the problem that is
0: listen they're gonna have to get out i know them. i know
3: everybody knows the problem so i'm not, I'm yeah, not breaking we're, any
0: we're not we're, we're not gonna start talking about that again till we get some more solid substance of them not having a TV deal. <laughs> They still (laughs) definitely don't have it. (laughs) All right, nice one, John. All right, Farler. um, Daily MVP rumored to be almost complete. Where and where do you expect to see it? Um, Surely, be a UK card. Who takes it? Happy birthday, Mister Carroll. Also, thank you. Um, Yeah, you'd imagine. Well, maybe not. It doesn't have to have to be in the UK. No, not really. You'd like to think so, but no. I'm just happy that we're seeing MVP get a, a, a bloody legitimate fighter. That's my thoughts on it.
3: Yeah, I, I thought like his last spawn was uh, reg- legitimate in Rickles, but just obviously the different weight division. Like you know, he'd, mm. he'd only recently kind of gone to welterweight, I think. But um, I was very impressed with that. Um, and I think it's the bad time for Daly to fight him. I think Daly should have taken this fight when MVP first wanted it.
0: Yeah, that how much can we believe that it? though? How much did, did Bellator not want to make that fight happen at the time? You
3: know. No, like Paul Daly did interviews saying he didn't want to do it. You know, like he was he was in fairness, that was before he fought McDonald's. Mm. So I mean he was on championship course like a completely he was it he was out of the way. Yeah. It was a massive detour. But um I still I I don't know man, I think i don't know i think i think it's mvp's time now but like just talking to fighters who inspired uh paul daly like he's a lot more than meets the eye. like a lot of people yeah. are just saying like he's such like he doesn't look like a tall fella or a big fella but he's just all fucking steel yeah. that's what everyone's saying to me. like when he gets a hold holy like even though he's not a grappler he's fucking immense strength so if he can close distance on mvp which a lot of which rickles made an awful job of mm. walked off couldn't do it um if you can close the distance on mvp Um, consistently it'll be a fucking horrible night for him but um, very interesting to see how it plays out
0: definitely Um, nice and farther Um, will we see Cyborg Nunes in 2018 yes I think we've seen some social media stuff saw
3: contracts already Yeah.
0: yeah do they sign contracts no, uh, Nunez was trying to go out her online, yeah. but I think... Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think... That, should... that would
3: be a nice if, if they could get, I'm telling you, man, if they could get fucking Khabib and Connor, and, and that, sorry for, but, yeah. uh, that, that would be mental. Brilliant, that would... yeah,
0: that would be a really good end-of-year card, and it's something that they always makes seem to stack up. sense for up. it as well, right? Yeah. makes sense
3: for an end-of-year card.
0: Yeah, and it, yeah, it has to be for Nunes now. I think she's seen it, nearly everyone in that division, and...
3: I mean, if you're, take, you're going to try and take Conor McGregor away from his uh, Christmas dinner, you're going to have to fork out the Spondulas. Yeah, that's de- the end of it.
0: Definitely. And I think Cyborg has, has said she might leave her contract after this fight as well, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, leaves the featherweight division in, in dirt. But oh, let's... she
3: goes to so, uh, zoo for Boxing?
0: Yeah. That's another good call. Um, what the fuck happened to
3: zoo for Boxing?
0: Yeah. I wouldn't rule it out just yet. Fucking Dana White. Um... What fights with the lads I'd see for Terry Barrows have titles? McCullen versus me. Uh, McKee versus Smullen. Jesus. Should Smullen get another crack at the UFC? No, nah, not at the,
3: the, the moment. What's going on here at the moment now? And, and it's it's happening. Like it happened with Will Flurry. It's happened with Richie Smullen. The, when people used to go to the big show, there were 10 fights into their career and stuff. I mean, I don't know what's happened if it's something to do with McGregor's success. Like, that's a big ask for any of these guys to go into the, the, the biggest organization in the world and start winning fights. Mm. And everybody in Ireland seems to be completely blind about this. Like, I mean, they seem to be completely clueless about this. Like, wh- why would you think someone was able to do that? would have been an absolutely uh, outstanding feat if any of those guys, like Will Flurry, like, you know, he's going in as 4 Uh Chris, Chris. I mean, sorry, Richie Smullen is going in at, at 3-1. and Like, let's, let's start being a bit more realistic with it. Like you know now, and people are still talking about Kiefer Crosby and stuff. It's not in the interest of these guys' careers to go to the UFC now. I agree. It's not right. So let's let's just take a big collective breath. We're not really doing well at the moment. Mm. Okay, that's that's the reality of the situation. Um, and back in the day, before people got there, but there were twenty you know, they odd were fights, happy to make, but they were happy to make no money to to promote themselves to get the right fights. That's why Cage Warriors is still leaps leaps above any other regional um you know regional.
0: Promotions. promotions yeah
3: they know how to promote you and actually build you up until mm. that moment like uh, uh, this is this is the art yeah. of matchmaking of building fighters mm. is completely lost now two people two people two people are are too hung up on getting there as quickly as, as possible, possible and not taking than, the back seat. rather than rather than getting there slowly building yeah. their career correctly so they're ready when they actually do get there and it's something we actually like i said to sean last we need last to address week, it year, yeah the media are guilty of it too. Yeah. Oh, this lad's going to the UFC. Think about what yeah. you're saying.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. Kiefer Crosby's four and oh, he looks like a great, great prospect. Four and the best guy he's beaten was two and one, and he was one of them in the UFC. Yeah. Think about what you're saying.
0: It's definitely you know I it, 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 I I am fucking dumbfounded when I see people calling for Kiefer Crosby to, to headline a show. No. It's two fights. Well, like, in, in
3: fairness, if you want, if you want to do it now and you get him a UFC veteran that's on the back back end of his career, yeah, do it. Mm. But that doesn't mean sign him to the UFC. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Call him Fletcher. Fletcher. He needs are, a few of them.
0: There's issues with the matchmaking. Massive issues with the matchmaking. Massive issues. And the
3: perception, perception yeah. in general of what what these promotions are.
0: Yeah, exactly, a hundred percent. Like, look at Bama. Like, okay, right, we go around here all day, but there isn't. These guys are rushing. These guys way too quickly. The promotions. It's a vi- it's a vicious circle, and there's a lot of dumb asses in there as well. And a lot of fighters, they you know, natural sort of thing. Egos are big with a lot of fighters. They think they're a lot better than they are, and they rush to get there. It's the sensible guys who take a slower approach that are going to eventually, I believe, get there in the long run. That aren't getting carried away with themselves as well. I think that's important. But like those go back to look, the matchmaking you you and you the guys signing at, at these, these sh- fighters are are. There's a massive problem in the UFC at the moment with the matchmaking and uh, the matchmakers. Yeah. There we go. Okay, let's move it on. A few more on the old Twitter feed. Nice one. Good questions um, in this week. Thought-provoking questions. If Alvarez get it done on Saturday night, where does he go from here um, with the 155 (laughs) division being so congested up front? Habib and Tony Glad, you guys are back this week. Thanks fellas, nice one Tim Sullivan um, Yeah I Come would, back, I, I'd agree with that I'd also, wouldn't 100% rule out um, the Diaz fight but I think this one is definitely more likely and it's a fight listen, there's so many good fights in the lightweight division we haven't seen and that is certainly one of the top upper echelon level fights that we could see and I would 100% be all over that shit um, and I agree with Petey on that I think that is the most likely fight to see if Eddie Alvarez win, because, you know, if we do get Connor, it be a little bit of time out, lots of promotion for that fight. They're not going to want to sit around and wait for um, all day. I think we be both being in agreement in on that one, PC, yeah?
3: Yeah, no, I agree with you, yeah.
0: Nice one, Tim Sullivan. All right, Sean Denny, is the lack of pro-European shows affecting fighters' ability to make the jump? Here we go again to the UFC. Is the level of competition <laughs> big enough in Europe to get the best of talent before they hit the big time? We talked about it just a couple of minutes ago, Sean. I think we need to slow down, um, relax, let these fighters have a little breathing time, and I think the match.
3: Just, just, just on that point, um, no, look, there is plenty of talent here, but they aren't putting them against each other. But like I mean, I, th- I said this last week when I was on with Sean. You can understand it with Flurry to a, a greater extent because middleweights Once you get over middleweight, um, or you are middleweight, it gets a lot harder to get 100%. fights unless you're signing exclusive contracts. So that becomes difficult and in, in the heavier weight classes. But I think people are too focused on the end goal at the moment. Like they're too focused on one. Oh, if I get my foot in the door with 100%. these guys, I'll be grand. And that's it's unfortunately not, not how it's working out at all.
0: Yeah, definitely agree. Definitely agree. Um. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at Bama, like The promoters, especially in a lot of the regional shows, you know, Barak Hage Warriors, they're not – guys are getting a free pass to get fights um, against lower-level opposition. I think we saw that in the co-main event at Bama a number of weeks ago. And it's it's, yeah. it's not right for the fighters. It's it's just not the right standard or image to set. And it's, it's giving them, you know, false pretense of actually how good they are And I think that's a major, major worry, but cage warriors certainly do not do that though, as we've seen some absolutely um, fantastic fighters come from there in the last couple of years as well. And the matchups are always, they never shy away from the matchups that should be made. And I'd love, as I said, a couple of weeks ago, come on, give Ian Dean a shot in the UFC. (laughs) Fucking be brilliant. Brilliant. Um, What's the next uh, final one here? And we need to get out of here. I have to um, get going. Uh, Graham, uh, what's the story? Thanks, uh, Tim. Um, What's next for DKC? Casey? Will he get another fight in the UFC? Yeah, I think they'll give him one more. <clears throat> I do. Um, I think if you look at the level of opposition, especially in his last two fights he's fought, um, strange matchmaking again, as we've talked about and quite frequently. Uh, <laughs> it's been a serious topic on the show this week. Yeah, I'd like to see him get one more chance. I'm, am I sure he'll get one? No, I don't know. Um, I know Norman was, uh, Park was sort of giving him a bit of grief on Twitter this week as well. Which you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not up with it. I don't think you should kick a dog when he's down. W- way the weaker. No, it's not the
3: week off, man. That's yeah, it
0: was it wasn't killed, cool, But um yeah, listen, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to speak to Mark and um, see what the situation is there. Um but yeah, I think he, he he's definitely warrants one more shot. And um, but you never know at the UFC. You just don't know. Peter.
3: Yeah, I said it earlier, yeah, I don't know. Like I don't
0: think <laughs> it's I don't think it's to
3: deliver delivered either way, so I don't know.
0: All right, lads. Um, listen, big thanks to Joseph Duffy and Eddie Alvarez stopping by on the show this week. Big thanks to you guys for listening. As always, do catch us on Twitter. I'm an I'm for. He's a PT Carol on the phone. lines plus 353-838-0862. Um, also, uh, do subscribe to the show. Share it, like it all. Subscribe, all that shite. And um, PT, uh-huh. what have you got coming up, brother? Anthony coming up this week on fighting.com.
3: Um, no, yeah, like every day, you know me, something, every day. but I mean, I, I don't really have any um, big features around that in mind okay. at the moment, so cool. all right, as uh, a happens, I'm on it,
0: <laughs> you know, more breaking news, all right. Um, big thanks to Eddie Alvarez and Joe as well set on the show So, Peter Carroll and Nile McGrath, it is good luck tonight. Thanks for tuning in last year.